Hello, welcome back to Clarity. This is our one-year journey as a church where we want to see Jesus early. I'm Garland. And I'm Clark. And uh, we are looking today, we previously have looked at uh, hearing the scripture read out loud, kind of in this, as we're looking at the Bible and trying to get this clear picture of Jesus. Um, last week, we looked at what does it look like to hear the scripture out loud, not as privatized in our own kind of individual quiet time. And today we're going to look at what does it look like to to take the scriptures and we might say internalize them, to to bring them into your heart, to the biblical word might be to meditate on them. And so Clark, uh, what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah, Garland, um, I kind of stumbled upon this. I wish I would have been more intentional about it just through my own formation challenges and growing in Christ. Um, but I know I noticed that as I began to um, fight sin in my own life, my tendency was to try to discipline myself out of sin and uh, do more things to not do certain things. And I realized that I was missing um, God's spirit using God's word in my heart and my mind. And so um, I began to take passages of scripture, phrases of scripture, and just meditate on them at length and uh, take phrases from some of those passages, mutter them under my breath, and uh, basically talk to myself with God's word. So white, yeah. white knuckling your way into righteousness <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> no, I tried for a long time. <laughs> so what, like, give it, what's an example that like I, I, you and I've had this conversation about this before. Yeah. What, what, what's an example of one of these hap- like kind of examples of this in your life? Well, I mean, for me, uh, it was just an area of anger, um, in battling that. And, uh, I thought I could, uh, you know, just not be angry anymore or stop a certain, how that um, how that go? <laughs> that, that didn't work, and I realized that in marriage, and then as I began to have small children, and uh, just the margins of my life began to shrink, that I found myself more irritable than ever, and um, I would respond um, in a way that was angry towards those I loved, instead of in a way that was uh, just more gentle, and um, and memorizing more scripture or doing more things to try to fix myself, it wasn't working. And so not that memorization doesn't work, but it was just something different about instead of accomplishing another task that was spiritual, I needed to personalize God's word in my heart, my mm-hmm. mind. And, uh, you know, part of it was in Romans eight thirteen: if we kill sin by the spirit, we will live. And I realized I'd been trying to kill sin through discipline only, not through the Spirit and the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anger was one of my areas. And so, um, for example, I took uh, uh, Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath. And when I would come home at night, um, I would walk through the garage and I would mutter that under my breath. <laughs> um because I had noticed a trend that when I would get home, um, my wife, Pam, was doing a fantastic job with the kids. Um, but when I'd walk through the door and um, just my tone, I might have a harsh response to something. And I needed God's word to kind of renew my mind. And so that, that's an example of an area that I began to work through. James 1, 19 and 20, mm-hmm. same kind of passage, being slow to speak, slow to anger. Uh, the anger of man does not produce the righteous life that God desires. Um, so those are examples of phrases. Yeah. That's yeah. one area. Yeah. 
Well, as we, <clears throat> I think for a lot of us, and the reason we have undertaken this clarity study was we wanted to get a clear picture of Jesus. We wanted to allow the Bible to shape us as a church and as people. And I think for for a lot of us, and maybe maybe I'm just talking about myself, but uh, for a lot of us, the Bible can become a little bit clinical. It's almost as if we treat the Bible like a document to be studied, a document to be, or like as you were saying, a task to be accomplished, a spiritual task yeah. that's accomplished. And uh, the Bible can be very intimidating. It can be confusing. It's it's a large book that's written over hundreds of years by a lot of different people, somehow telling one coherent story about Jesus as the fulfillment and the answer to sin. And for a lot of us, we approach the Bible uh, like a checklist to be done or like this this uh, this book to mine some kind of you know some kind of truth or insight or yeah. something like that, and it could be almost clinical. Yeah, um, it can be a lot of our head, and so with that in mind, it's a little bit of a backdrop, and this is why I'm asking the question: yeah. What does it look like to meditate on the scripture? What does it look like to internalize the scripture? To to ponder the Bible because. I'm assuming you were going to look at the at the Bible now. What does yeah. the Bible say about how to in, how to internalize, how to take it? As I don't think this is how the Bible was meant to be read yeah. as a clinical mental task exercise only. Yeah, and it, and part of it is I I went to the greatest meditation cheat sheet and I went to the Psalms. Oh yeah, and I've been, been reading all year in clarity. Yeah, that's right. And I began to do just my own word study and how the psalmist would interact with God's word. And interestingly enough. What he or what the psalmist would meditate on was actually the law of God, um, our, our Torah. And so um, most of us don't spend time meditating on that part of Scripture, um, right. but that's what the psalmist would meditate on. And so I took those the, the word of meditation and began to walk through the context of some of those verses. And it, the Scriptures, they came alive to me um, because here you are in the Psalms, um, People are confessing, uh, they're praising, they're engaging emotion, and it seems like that instead of this book to look at, uh, it became this um, this life changing word that they would get inside of them and begin to change them from the inside out. And so that was part of my experience. Uh, Garland, you can help us uh, with the Hebrew pronunciation of meditation in some of the Psalms. Um, how would you say this word? Which one are we looking at? The the Psalm 19, we have this word. There's a couple of Hebrew words yeah. that jump out. One is this word, Hagah. It's fun yeah, to say. You right. want to give it a shot? Hagah. Yeah. One of them is almost impossible to say. You have to clear your throat when you say it. It's this word in Psalm 119, a bunch. It's Sicha. You got to yeah. clear your throat on the H. And then the word Zakar is, is frequently used. And it just means to remember, to the think deeply about something that's happened in the past. And so yeah. where, where do you see these showing up in the, in the Bible? Let's go back yeah, to English so here. Just, uh, let's just jump to Psalm 119, and I'll read a few of these out loud. Um, Psalm 119, 15. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Psalm 119, 23. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. And so here the psalmist seems to respond to slander by going to God's decrees and thinking deeply on them or going over um, God's word um, over and over in his mind to respond to potentially uh, some sinful, sinful behavior he could get into. 
Um, Psalm 119.27, let me understand the teaching of your precepts. Then I will meditate on your wonders. This, First, is, this, this definitely seems like more than just I, I had to have, I needed a 15-minute quiet time in the morning. I went out to the deck or the coffee shop or wherever my spot is, my chair. I checked it off, and then I went on with the rest of my day. This this seems to be a pervasive internalization of the Bible that produces wonder, that produces praise, that produces a response of life. And it even seems to be how the psalmist is responding to situations in life by more meditation. It's just such a different way than I think a lot of us think. Yeah, he says, uh, as he deals with those that have uh, accused him wrongly, he says, I'll meditate on your precepts. And so instead of responding in the flesh to those who have hurt him, he goes straight to God's word and begins to ponder uh, the truths of Scripture. Uh, uh, verse 97 of Psalm 119, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate it. I meditate on it all day long, to your point. Um, and so... Well, um, just even, and even camping out on that one, like... We, we see the word law, and we immediately think, who in the world is meditating on Leviticus? Like, no way. There's <laughs> no, no way, a- David, that you sat down and meditated on Leviticus. And uh, it's unfortunate we're transla- the translation is missing something. It's, oh, how I love your Torah. Yeah. I love your Torah. The Torah would be this the story. It's a narrative of what Yahweh is doing to bring blessing to the world and defeat the power of sin through the family of Abraham and now Israel. Mm -hmm. And that's actually awesome. Like it's an amazing story that orients everything in our life around this answer to sin and Yahweh's power and blessing in our life. And so that sounds pretty cool. I think we could meditate on that all day. Yeah, it definitely produces uh, joy. And then uh, I I thought this was interesting, Garland. Um, In 119, uh, verse 148, he says, My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. And so the psalmist is leaning into the promises of God to assure confidence that God is faithful, but he's also willing to sacrifice time and sleep so to meditate. And so it's fascinating because um, most of us try to fit in our times of reflection on the scriptures and we control those things right but a lot of times we're not willing to sacrifice more time or actual sleep through the night to do that and so through the watches of the night um he meditates on god's promises and uh, many times he's also meditating on the works of god so he's looking back on what god's done Mm -hmm. and one of the things i noticed this is a theme in the psalms is a reflection or a meditation on God's past faithfulness increases future trust. Our willingness to trust God with our future, mm-hmm. we're more likely to do that if we reflect regularly on God's past accomplishments on behalf of his people. Mm-hmm. One of our one of my favorite uh, uh, professors used to say in seminary and he said it all over the all over the, said it a lot so I remember it. He said what God has done in the past is both a model and a promise of what he will do in the future. Wow. But if we don't know what he does in the past by zakaring, remembering, yeah. and meditating, and, and dwelling on, and telling that story, then our, our anchor points in the present and in the future, our, thus, thus our trust in the future will be very low, and then we'll be tossed. Yeah. We won't have any anchor. And so what God has done in the past is a model and a promise of what, he's done in the, what he will do in the future. 
So we have to know that. We have to trust yeah. him by learning to trust him. And to, to your point, just carving out the time to do that. And you sense in the Psalms there's this increased confidence or trusting God um, that he's in control and that he's changing me from the inside out. And you see that um, in all the Psalms where the word meditation or the word meditate is used. Um, Garland, I'd like to share just a few more examples of yeah. just how I've tried to practice this. And um, one of the things that I've tried to do is sometimes I'll just write out the phrase or the verse on a note card and I'll keep it in my car. Mm-hmm. Um, I may screenshot it on my phone to keep it in front of me. Um, and then I will, uh, I know there was about a three month window where I took first Timothy six, six through 10 and 17 to 19. I was battling materialism in my own heart and I, I lacked contentment and everything I saw I wanted. <laughs> and, uh, and so I thought, you know what? I bet Paul has a good word for Timothy as a young pastor in this space. And he does. And so I began to reflect on those passages in First Timothy and contentment. Be careful, the desire to be rich. Be careful about the love of money. If you are rich, be generous. Be willing to share. Enjoy the blessing of God. Lay up a firm foundation that's the future. It's something that's eternal, not tangible. Um, Luke twelve fifteen. One's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. I've muttered that to myself <laughs> thousands of times under my breath um, when I find myself uh, surfing uh, the web for things that I'd like to purchase. And it doesn't mean that I don't buy things, but it's just a heart check. And uh, lately I've been um, reflecting on uh, even Genesis fifty twenty. Uh, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good, the saving of many lives. Is there a bigger thing that's going on? in our world right now. Mm-hmm. We can trust God. He's at work in. Um, Hebrews 12, I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus. And so I'm taking that phrase and I'm trying to meditate on it throughout the day mm-hmm. and figure out what does it look like as I go to fix my eyes on Jesus and not on things that are temporal. Mm-hmm. So. Well, <clears throat> if you think about it, Paul in Romans 12 seems to think this is really needed for us. He uses two passive verbs in Romans 12, 2. He says, uh, he says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world uh, and be conformed. We're the, it's a passive verb. It's going, you're going to be conformed by something else. It does the action to you. Then he says, but be transformed. It seems as if we are, we are always the passive agent, either to the patterns of the world in the way that the world operates, the materialism of our world, mm-hmm. a lot of the fear of our world, the anxiety of our world, the, the things that our world seeks, or we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And for Paul, this is this grand narrative that's, been, yeah. that's culminated in Jesus that he's meditating on, and it's we have to do this. Uh, and yeah. so uh, I might add, we a lot of the songs that we sing, uh, hopefully, are coming out of deep, rich reflection on Scripture. And so worship music and having music on that is reflecting on Scripture, yeah. uh, writing things, put them in your car, on your mirror, on your phone, whatever that looks like for you. We need to think create through creative ways yeah. uh, to to meditate on the Scripture, to declare the Scripture to ourselves, to each other, to have it as to have it internalized in our lives. And so any, any last comments? No, it's, I'll, I'll say this, um, it has been the most life-changing 
um, spiritual discipline in my life, just the way God's made me. It forces me to slow down, and I can say that uh, that my heart has been changed, not just my behavior. And so it's in, it's affected my motives for change. And um, even though I'm still in process, um, big time, uh, I think even my those around me would say that I'm different because of the Word of God transforming me from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, uh, I would just encourage anyone to uh, take a verse, take a phrase, and begin to uh, uh, talk to yourself with that phrase <laughs> yeah. as you deal with your own formation challenges. So. Well, that's uh, that's helpful. That's motivating. That's inspiring. Uh, we want to be transformed by the the, the Word of God and its uh, Spirit producing trans- life change in us, in and through uh, Jesus and who He is and what He's done. So thanks for helping us see that. And our desire is to see Jesus more clearly this year. So thanks for listening to Clarity.